0: Howdy. How's everybody doing? Having a good day, good night, good time? Yeah? Yeah? Don't make me come out and get those panties out of that bunch, all right? (laughs) So some of you may have saw me moving my hands of worship, may have offended you, sorry about that. But uh, sometimes when I see angels doing things, I do what they're doing, and then it releases something into the physical atmosphere. And so we started smelling incense. Mike smelled it. Eric smelled it. And this is what they were doing. So I just started to do that. And so you might have been like, why is he doing that? It's like, chill out. So it's okay. It's good to be with you guys. I'm excited. have been looking forward to my time. I always love being here. This is family to me. So yeah, I can be myself. And if I'm not enough for you, oh well. (laughs) But I want to tell a story, and then we're going to dive into some stuff. So the beginning of our school year at UC San Diego this year, in the fall time, did I see a child up there? I thought I heard a baby in the drum area. It's like, wow, they're getting really young these musicians. (laughs) So right before school started, we were doing outreaches every week on campus during the summer sessions. And uh, they do like, we call it theocaching. You know, geocaching, you go find treasure. So we just look for God and people because he's, he made people. So he's kind of part of them, even if they don't acknowledge or reject him. He's like, hey, how you doing? So we try to tap into what God is saying, go to the people we think he's talking about. And he always has good stuff to say. Always. Like I've never said, hey, God's really ticked off at you. So, be blessed. (laughs) See you later. (laughs) So, what was happening every week, I wasn't there, but there was diamond dust showing up on their hands and arms. Yeah. We're going there. So, what happened was, these people that are part of this outreach, they're really intellectual. They're like 4.0 GPA. They don't just accept anything. Oh, I saw a little gold fleck. It was gold dust. No, it's your makeup, actually. So, this is not those type of people. So, they actually went into the bathroom, washed their hands because they didn't believe it came out and it had doubled on their hands. So, God was like, hey, you like that? So, so this guy from China walks by, he had just arrived from China and a spiritual daughter of mine's like, hey, check out my hands. That was the inroad into the evangelism. Check out my hands. (laughs) Try that, I guess. And he looks at her hands covered in diamond dust. And he's like, what is that? He's like, this is just God's creative way of saying hi. He says, who's God? He'd never heard the gospel ever in his life. It's from China. She says, well, Jesus is God. Who's Jesus? So she does a simple presentation of Jesus. And he's like, I'd like Jesus. She, and she's like, I think he'd like you as well. So the, he accepts Jesus, immediately starts to pray in tongues. They hadn't got to that chapter of the discipleship book yet, but boom, there it goes. So then he says, hey, my English name is Max. So I get the story, and I was like, man, why does that name sound so familiar? So there's a friend of mine, named name's Erica Grieve, and uh, she does some cool stuff with uh, human trafficking, and so two years ago, she was speaking at a group, and she has this word, and she says, uh, there's going to be a guy from China that you're going to meet. He's going to encounter God, and he's going to be a mover and shaker in China, and his name will be Max. What? (laughs) Isn't that crazy? Isn't that cool that God would do that? He will. He will relentlessly pursue people the entire time they're on this earth, just to get their attention. Isn't that crazy? Last night I was in Stockton, good friend, their church, and I was getting done. And I said, hey, my friend, Matt was like, I think I'm done a hand the mic and I'm actually telling you some stuff that's a little outside the box really quick. I'm sorry. We okay? We right? By the way, if if the diamond dust kind of freaks you out, it's actually really scriptural. You remember when we were made by from the dust of the ground, what was the ground made of? in Eden before the fall? Because when you go outside and you dig up dirt, there's decay in that dirt, right? That's a manifestation of death. No matter where you go on the planet, when you dig up dirt, there's decay. So there was no decay yet. So what was the ground made of? Well, it says it right in the creation account. It says it was the land of pure gold. Land of Havilah, the land of pure gold. So God made us from the dust of, there you go. Unless you have a better explanation of what the ground was made of when there was no decay. See you later. (laughs) Gold dust. So when this stuff appears, God, what he's saying is, hey, remember where you came from. Remember your origin. Original glory precedes original sin. So when Jesus came back, and he's like, hey, I'm going to bring some stuff back. It's called glory. You kind of lost it. So let's get this back a little bit. So when this starts manifesting in gatherings, God's just like, hey, remember, remember, remember where you came from. La 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 la. Isn't that fun? So last time i was in Stockton, speaking to this Friends Church, I go to the mics and I'm like, I'm done, dude. And I feel uh, what was really just like a river, my knees kind of buckle, and I said, Oh, I don't think we're done yet. So I grab the mic and I just start to walk around and God starts highlighting people. And so I see this guy with a cap on, I was like, how you doing tonight? You having a good time? I didn't realize he was his first time ever in a church, ever. And God's just like, this is the man, doo <laughs> doo He's like, you having a good time tonight? He's like, yeah. So God starts giving me words of knowledge for him. But that makes sense to you? And his eyes get really big, and he's like, that makes a lot of sense to me. I said, why don't you come out into the aisle? And God told me to hug him. That's why I was calling him out to the aisle. And so I go up to hug him. And I said, you know, sometimes we just don't get a lot of these in life, do we? And I start to embrace it, and the guy breaks down. <laughs> Rivers, not out of the belly, out of the eyes. So he comes up to me at the end, and he says, dude, what is going on? He's <laughs> like, I don't want to leave. See, when you taste the Father's love, you don't want to leave. I love when the power of God shows up like miracles, signs and wonders, but I love love better because it's greater than power. So when you follow the Father's love, there will always be power. When you follow power, there's not always love. So when someone moves in miracles, signs and wonders, I'm like, I just want to see if they love actually first. I'm not super impressed with the miracle signs and wonders yet. Those are cool, but I want to see what's flowing from the heart. Like, my biggest prayer when I speak places is that they would feel the heart of the Father. And then power shows up. Yeah. All right. You guys good? We're going to dive into some goodies tonight. Yes, we are. Colossians 2.2, we're going to start there. Derek, I think you Facebooked me. I never checked my messages. So I'm assuming you were asking for slides, weren't you? Or scriptures, or something like that. <laughs> Colossians two two. <laughs> this is what it says that their hearts may be encouraged. Actually, before don't put that up there. Okay, you don't got it up there. How many of you want to know the mysteries of God? The mysteries of God. The mysteries. I just saw a conference the advertisement for it. Some of these conferences are retarded, you know, it's just like come to sh- come to shrapnels of praise, glory bombs, it's just like, really, could we come up with a better name than that? Seriously? Shrapnels of praise? (laughs) So it says, come enter into the full mysteries of God, learn about all the different mysteries, I'm like, that's baloney. Let me show what the mystery is. Colossians 2, two, that their hearts may be encouraged, having knit together in love, and attaining to all the wealth that comes from the full assurance of understanding, resulting in a true knowledge of God's mystery, that is, Jesus is the mystery, and he's been revealed. Mystery, mystery, mystery. Jesus is the gate, right? The gate into what? What's the gate? What opens? What do you enter into? Relationship with the father. He's a full revelation of the father, right? Jesus. So Jesus is like, hey, how you doing? I have a dad, we're one. You come into me, you'll know him. You can't know him outside of me. There's no back door, there's no side door, there's no top door, there's just, you have to walk in through me. I'm the mystery. He's like, I'm the mystery, come on. <laughs> but I find a lot of believers cling to one of the forms of Jesus. Let me explain this. Crucified Jesus would be the first one. I like crucified Jesus. Without crucified Jesus, there's not a whole lot going on, Right? This is where it all begins. Paul says, hey, I only preach Jesus crucified, right? A lot of people take that like we just need to focus just on crucifixion. No, you got to move a little further than that, bud. He's talking about people who don't know Jesus yet. That's why he's focusing on Jesus crucified. That's where it starts. See, if I stay there and I cling to Jesus on the cross, this is wonderful. I'm so conscious of my sin. This is great. I'm so encouraged. Dying to self every day." I thought once was enough. See, when his hands went on the cross, your hands went on the cross? Romans six: pretty plain and simple. "When he died, you died." Some of you are looking like, "I'm not sure. Go to Romans six. It is plain as day, right in that chapter. When he died, you died. When he was buried, you were buried. Right? I mean, where do you go when you die, right? Where do you go? Hello? Where do you go when you die? But we already died. We already died. You cannot die. Didn't Jesus break the power of death? Okay, then you can't die. I mean, this body will waste away, but you don't die. I don't have to fear death. I can't die. I'm immortal. (laughs) Why? Because I'm one with Him. See, when I entered into Christ, I entered into eternity. God is the God who was and is and is to come at the same time, so he's always on time because he's not under time. So I enter into an eternal relationship, so all of a sudden I bust out of a box called the space-time continuum, and boop, up above the timeline, it's like, oh, I'm a part of eternity. It actually says in Ecclesiastes, your heart has eternity written on it. So in God, there's no beginning and no end, right? So God starts at the end, and then he goes to the beginning, but yet there's no beginning or end. So we come into him. Now we have no beginning or end. Your brain's trying to figure this out right now, but your spirit says, yes, yes. This is good. So the cross is good. Let's feast on the lamb, delicious lamb. Drink the blood. Didn't Jesus say that? Somebody like this is disgusting. He said, "Eat his flesh and drink his blood." So I'd like to eat up and drink up. Can't get enough. I'll take another sliver of lamb. Thank you very much. I'll another goblet. You know, Jesus has a house of wine. It's in the Song of Solomon. He has a house of wine. He likes wine. His first miracle was wine. He's a fan of wine. Because sometimes you have to get drunk in the spirit because you're going to be sobered by what you see when you start ascending. My, my, my. Then there's resurrected Jesus. This is good. I'm glad the tombstone was rolled away, right? That would have been... Pretty bad. (laughs) So Jesus comes out, he's risen from the dead. This is where we understand we have power to heal the sick, raise the dead, drive out demons. I have a friend in Australia, he's a consultant, full time. So he works with multi-million dollar businesses, and then he does some Christian conferences on the side and shares some goodies. So he's at a conference, he's going to speak. And Jesus comes up behind him. He sees Jesus come up behind, stick his arm through his arm, go all the way down his hand, superimposed, and it's on fire. And he's kind of laughing. He's like, hey, I'm not speaking tonight, so I'm not sure what you're doing, Jesus. Like, and all of a sudden, this lady taps on his shoulder and says, hey, uh, a woman just died from a heart attack in the bathroom. We're waiting for the EMT. God told us to grab you. He's like, boom, arm, here we go. So he goes to the bathroom. <laughs> If you've ever been around a dead body, hopefully not too many, but they they are concrete once the body dies. It's hard as concrete. So her body's she's completely dead, concrete. The nurse is there. They're waiting for the EMT. No pulse, no color. So he walks in, and we're going to get in this in a few minutes. He sees a heart literally above her, a new one. Because there's more going on than this right now. We're having a nice little meeting. We're sitting in chairs and we sang some songs and we're listening to some stuff. But there's a lot more going on in here that's just as real as this in the chair that you're sitting on. It's actually even more real. This is the lowest level of reality and density. It's called particle. So when you look at this, this is particle, right? But not exactly because it's also waves. So if you were to bump up the bandwidth and actually be able to perceive at a different level, you'd see waves. you bump up a little higher, then you'd see notes and numbers in here because everything's music and math. That's why God is attracted to worship, music, and how we steward resources. Please don't stop the music. (laughs) So he grabs his heart, throws it down, lays his hand, says, get up in Jesus' name. All of a sudden, a woman gets up, gasps for breath. She's up. EMT shows up. They take her to the hospital that she's been at before because she has clogged arteries. They do all the tests. The doctor says, this is really fascinating because your arteries aren't clogged. It's as if you have a new heart. So I'm trying to release some stuff out there to bump out limitation constriction restriction what we think is possible in the kingdom there's a lot that's possible but we kind of got to get out of some boxes a little bit where we've been compressed suppressed, depressed gotta ch- ch- get out the Wright brothers did this their box was called gravity what goes up must come down, what goes up must come down, what goes up must come down. They're like, I'm not sure that's completely the truth. So we're going to get out of gravity, which is not a law, by the way, it's still a theory. So they get out of gravity and then they discovered something superior to gravity called the law, which is a law, the law of lift. It's how I flew here and didn't die. We went up and we kept going up. Cruising altitude, 30,000 feet. Not enough legroom, isn't there? (laughs) Want some salty snacks? Mmm, the environment isn't dry enough. Thank you. (laughs) Let my internal environment be just as dry as the outside. (laughs) But they had to think outside the box. So resurrected Jesus is good. We understand authority, power of God. But is it enough? Remember Jesus rose from the dead. He's fully risen from the dead, fully. He's in the garden. Mary Magdalene's there. It's like, it's a gardener. Like, what was he doing, like pruning something? Hey, Mary, some rubber boots on? How you doing? It's good to see you. Now, there was a garden of the tomb, so it's not abnormal that there be a gardener, but who's the first gardener? Adam. See, there's always more stuff going on in Scripture because it's living. It's actually multidimensional. It's not just text on a page. Scripture is to bring you into an encounter with the Word because Jesus is the Word and He predates the Bible. The Word is God. The Bible's not God, the Word is God. Jesus is God. Some people make the Bible God, but Jesus is the Word. John chapter 5, Jesus says to the Pharisees who are grounded in Scripture, He says, hey, you guys are searching the Scriptures, looking for eternal life, but I'm standing right in front of you. He's basically saying, you're grounded in Scripture, but you're missing the Word. All of Scripture is to bring us into encounter with Jesus. The revelation of Jesus, the more I introspect into him, the more I see myself clearly. Into him we see, right? That's intimacy. Into him we see. So I start to look into him and discover like, oh, this is who I am. And then I start to mature. You actually grow up into the head, which is Jesus. Please don't stop that. But then, she realizes that Jesus. Then she's like, "Must cling to Jesus." Ah, Jesus, is like, whoa, back up! I still got my rubber boots on over here. Wasn't Jesus the last Adam? First gardener, Adam. Now the last Adam. all communicating stuff. What's he saying? I'm restoring the garden back. Everything that was lost. I'm restoring it all back. But don't cling to me yet. Why? Because then he says, I'm going to ascend to my father, which is your father. I'm going to ascend to my God, which is your God. So we have to then move and transition into ascended Jesus. So you died with christ right if you're in him you died you were buried then you are resurrected but you also co-ascended ephesians 2 6 we are seated with christ in the heavenly realms that was present tense when it was written heavenly realms uh, plural so it's not heaven and earth it's jesus ascended into the heavens russian dolls think I'm joking? That's how it works. Mathematically, we know there are 11 dimensions. Math, by the way, does not lie. 11. So yeah, there's a little more going on. And Jesus wants to bring us back up, right? How many of you pray in tongues? It's available for anyone in Christ, by the way. It's actually already inside of you, even if you haven't spoken in tongues. It just needs to be activated. So it's not like you have to try to get something from God. A lot of people are doing that. Like, God, would you come in the room? And he's like, hey, we're one. Can't get any closer. I mean, that one song I like, but the one line I don't like, until we are one, we're already one. You're not waiting for oneness. Oneness has been fully established. 1 Corinthians six 17, I'm one with Jesus. So we're like, please come into the room. Would you just enter the room? And he's like, well, uh, not sure how much closer than one I can get. <laughs> but see, the problem is awareness. So the awareness of our spirit man, which is the real you, is trapped under the soul. And our brain is like, where are you, God. Me murmur, my me murmur. And he's kind of over there rolling his eyes. He's like, "Hey, one, one. Can't get any closer, buddy. Just bump up the bandwidth, and you don't get aware. Jesus wants us to function, think and move as a spirit man. You are not a body that has a soul and a spirit. you are a spirit that has a soul and a body. So when you pray in tongues, what Paul calls tongues of angels, that means you're praying in a frequency and a vibration in a language that's outside of this dimension. I love tongues. One of the reasons I love tongues is because demons hate tongues. I've cast out a lot of demons. And when one starts to get a struggle, I say, I'm going to start praying in tongues and you're going to come out because it burns them. So I'll say, I'll keep praying in tongues until you get out. Understand? We don't like this. I know you don't like this. I'm going to keep doing it till you get out. Boom. They're out. Now, I know if demons respond that way to tongues, then tongues is pretty important. In the book of Jude, it says when you pray in the spirit, you build yourself up in the faith. Keyword, up. Even if you don't pray in tongues, how many of you experience when you're in worship, even like tonight, you come in, there's crazy stuff going on in your life, you're just like, I'm going to choose to worship. And all of a sudden, it's just, you feel something rising within. What's happening? I'll tell you what's happening. Your spirit man is coming on the outside; its rightful place. And your soul and your body are coming behind a line where they're supposed to be, not in the front. I'm like, I don't feel like worshiping. I hate this song. Why does that person have smell of deodorant? Blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, the spirit man comes out. Like, I don't care the song. It's just about Jesus, and I love Jesus. Blah, 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 blah. Right? So we've got to learn how to move. Some are waiting for God to move, but he's constant. He doesn't move. Isn't it in him we move and have our being? Well, well, well. God, would you please move? And he's like, how about you move? God, just move in our city. Why don't you move in the city? But we've been praying for hours. He says, well, shut your mouth, get out of the closet, and move into the city. (laughs) My, my, my. Let's move around. Right? So God wants to bump us up a little bit. Jesus in John 14 says this. I'm going to my father's house. Where is that place? Anyone know where the father's house is? (laughs) <laughs> he goes on to say, after that verse, we are the Father's house. He says, I'm going to the Father's house to prepare a place where there are many rooms, many dwellings, many abodes. Your translation might say mansions. It's not what the word means. Cute idea, though. Oh, well, this is your mansion in heaven. How come you have a cabana and I don't? What in the world? <laughs> Why is Jesus saying this? I'm going inside of you. I'm going to prepare a place. I want to bring you back up. See, the higher we ascend in Christ, there's less space, but there's more room. Because it's outside of space and time. Time's a big deal, isn't it? So many people are driven by time. Time is flat. It's a flow of energy, and it's flat and linear. It it allows us to think in beginnings to ends, but in God, there's no beginning, there's no end. Now that you're one, there's no beginning or end in you, but we still think this way. Why do we think this way? Can we go a little deeper? Are you okay? Okay. So when your mom's egg and your dad's sperm come together, opens up the gate, your spirit man drops in because... In Christ, it says, we existed before the foundations of the world. We are associated, Ephesians 1, 3, in Christ before the creation of the world. I'm just telling what the Bible says, okay? You were associated in Christ before the creation of the world. Your spirit man drops into the womb. Then your soul starts to take on the genetic geometry of the DNA That's your first covering. It starts to spin around the zygote cell, and that's going to start shaping your reality. It's all the shaping, the conditioning, the front loading of all the filters, and it's based on previous genetic code. So you're in a placenta, right? So that zygote cell, the DNA is like light. It's going around. There's music and notes in the DNA. I have a friend I met with today. He just had his DNA sequence made into a song. You can do that. It's a lot of money, but it's kind of cool. I listened to it. I was like, that's really cool. It's probably the song that God sings over us. So light's going around us. And it's spreading out to the placenta wall, which is like a matrix, matrix code. And that is shaping what you think is going to be reality. The problem is the spirit man many times gets trapped under The soul. And the soul tethers to the flesh. You dial into the signature of earth. But the earth's not our home, right? Correct. Aren't we from above, not beneath? So then we come out of the womb because we're born from our mother's womb, right? Oh, no, we're not. We actually pass through our mother's womb. We are not from our mother's womb. Because you're from above, right? So you just pass through. How are you doing tonight? This is really important to understand. Because what happens is people dial into this world that we're not of, we're in it, but we're not of it. Now, the earth and the world, are those the same things or different things? 1 Samuel 2 says, God set up the pillars of the earth and he set the world on the pillars. The earth and the world are not the same thing. Satan is God, little g, very, very little g, is God of this world, which is a dimension. Remember Satan takes Jesus up on a mountain? Did they go on a hiking trip? Six more hours, Jesus, we'll get to the top. You have any water left? My camelback is out. And when I get up there, (laughs) it was not a natural mountain. Because he showed him the kingdoms of the world, this dimension, goes up a mountain that was in the spirit realm because whoever rules in the spirit realm, rules in the physical realm. So that's why he's saying, hey, I have all these kingdoms of the world. And he had rightful authority, but Jesus was kind of like, yeah, that's not going to last much longer, actually. I'm going to die. I'm going to rise. I'm going to ascend. And I'm going to take a bunch of people with me, and they're actually going to have dominion over you. But I have to transition from crucified Jesus. Thank you for the cross to the resurrection. Thank you that you rose from the dead. Boom. Let's go up a little bit. Ch-ch-ch-ch. I'm seated with Christ above all darkness. That's when you begin to function in your mandate on the earth. How many of you want revival? That's too small. How many of you want to be a revivalist? It's too small. Revivalists want revelation. Awesome. Revelation is great. But if you don't have wisdom, you can't apply revelation. So then there's no reformation. So revival is great, but it doesn't change the world. Reformation does. So my same friend in Australia who had burning arm raised the woman from the dead. He's in a consulting meeting one time multi-million dollar business. They're not believers, not Christians. And he goes in to this nice little meeting to consult. And right when the meeting starts, God starts to take him up into the heavenly realms, which is just as real as this. And we all have access through the blood of Jesus. That's how we can legally access this. There are other people go around that with blood to access, and they think it's kind of cool, but they're actually under the dominion of darkness and there's no peace because that's only found in the Prince of Peace. When you go through the blood of Jesus, you're above all darkness residing with the Prince of Peace. So he goes up in these heavenly realms. And he's like, God, this is not the greatest time to do this. Uh, kind of in a meeting. And I need to know what they're saying. All he's hearing is... So for 30 minutes, this is going on. He's in here. He's having a good time with God. but He's like, I need to be a part of this conversation. So the last thing he hears is, hey, what do you think we should do? <laughs> Moment of panic. He says, God, hey, you started this. And God speaks to him and says, speak by faith what I just showed you in the spirit realms, heavenly realms. Just speak by faith. Okay. So he opens his mouth, begins to speak. End of his presentation, all these guys who are highly intelligent go, How in the world did you think of this? He saved the company $2 million annually. So that's pretty practical. Like some of you are like, Oh, this is kind of like ethereal, just like. We're in a worship gathering, going to the heavenly realms. This is actually for everyday life. Didn't Jesus function this way? I only do what I see the Father doing. Did he see the Father physically over there? Hey, there's a leper over here. Pray for him. Come on over. Right here. (laughs) How did he see the Father? How did he see him? Didn't Jesus say, I've come to give sight to the blind? Was that just physical blindness? I've heard people preach, he came to bring sight to the spiritually blind. Okay, what does that mean? Let's actually unpack that. What does that mean? Because these eyes are just taking in energetic holographic images. Your cone cells are decoding it. But your mind is telling you what you're seeing. You don't see through your eyes. That's why Paul says, Ephesians 1, 18, I pray that the eyes of your heart are flooded with light. Your heart is your mind. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. I pray that the eyes of your heart will be flooded with light. Why? So you can start to see what's going on. Wouldn't it be really cool to actually understand the times that we live in? Well, I'll just get on the internet and Google some news and figure out what's going on. Sorry, that's really low-level education. Are you aware that all information, all information in the Western world is filtered through one of four conglomerates, two of which are in Germany? So the information you're getting isn't exactly everything that's going on. There's a lot more going on. So we need to come up a little bit to really get perception of what's happening, to discern the times that we live in. Because there's a lot of frontiers we're going into. Science, education, entertainment, government, space. Yeah. We're going to Mars, folks. But we're going to Mars. So who's going to write the Constitution for Mars? Who's going to write the laws? Who's going to own the land? I sure hope the righteous are there. How about DNA? It's the most studied and researched topic on the planet. Everyone is racing to understand DNA because they understand there's a lot going on in DNA. And there is. And the reason it can't be read, the code, a lot of it, is because it's from a higher dimension. So you've got to bump up a little bit to understand what's really going on. Your DNA is multidimensional. This is biological fact, by the way. It's going in and out of the timeline. It's energetic and it's solid. It's material and immaterial. And you're born again of incorruptible what? Seed, DNA, so a new strand comes in. wah, 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 wah. I'm taking a breather to let you breathe. And let this settle in a little bit. I'm throwing a lot of stuff out here. And I'm trying to shake some things inside. I like to teach, but I also, in a good, positive way, like to provoke. I want you to think. Please think. I like to think. It's not all about belief. How about believing and thinking together? Doesn't that sound good? (laughs) Because usually it's, I think, I think, don't really want to believe, I'm not sure about that. Or it's just, I believe anything, anything. This feather dropped into my hand, it was an angel. Actually, it was a bird. (laughs) I just saw it fly by. So. (laughs) <laughs> Let's fuse together believing and thinking so we can actually change the world. So I hope in the frontiers of DNA research, there are righteous people in those gates. Because if there's not, hello control and manipulation. So we need some sons of God. We're all sons, sorry lady, but we're the bride too, because in the kingdom, there's no gender. There's neither male nor female. So we're all sons and we're all the bride. Male, female is a label of this world. Right? So you're a son, then you're a human being. Then you're male or female. Then you're American or whatever nation you're from. And then you're in a city. Those are all labels. So people define themselves according to that I am this, I am that, blah, 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 blah. And God's like, you're a son. You're just a son. So function is a son. We're sons in authority. We're bride in the relationship. Is this making sense? Is this clicking for you? Am I offending anyone? It's okay, you can raise your hand. Am I offending anyone? Oh, you're not being honest, I know there's some of you. (laughs) That's okay. I'm just trying to show some framework for you of what's available as a son of God. That we don't have to live our whole life in a box called 3D and bump up against time. There's never enough time. I wish I I had more time. And God's like, hmm. You do realize that you're eternal. Come up a little higher. So Jesus is in there. Hey, I've built some rooms. If you could come up a little bit, that'd be cool. So I'm building these rooms, these boats. Hey, why don't you come up? Like your brain's really in charge right now. How about you just come up a little bit and ascend, so I want to talk practically, how do we do this, because it's practical. How many of you have an imagination? It's a dumb question, right? We all have an imagination. Everyone uses their imagination every day. Some people are like, oh, I don't really use my imagination, whatever. Everybody's using it every single day. What if this happens? What if that takes place? There's a picture that doesn't exist. I'm imagining it. What if that happens? And then thoughts are tumbling on the mats inside. We're doing gymnastics in your brain, overanalyzing. Isn't this fun? Not really. I'm kind of restless, but (laughs) a little anxious in here. God created your imagination for one purpose explore your union with God that is why you have it it's the same reason you have a mind to explore your union with God so when it's divided there's a division you're double minded so you're actually at odds with the mind of Christ when there's singularity Jesus says in Luke 11 your eyes like a lamp when there's singularity says your body will be filled with light and we're children of light right for all to see, it's not that they see you, it's just so they see. You're like a light. Someone's like, hey, whoo, I've been hiking all around and I finally saw this light and I can see the path now. That's why we're the light of the world. But if there's not singularity, single focus, it's like the light just isn't coming out. And all of a sudden... That's actually called transfiguration. Remember, Jesus on the Mount Transfiguration, his body's filled with light. Your mind is renewed, Romans 12, so that you're transformed. It's the same exact word used in the Mount Transfiguration passage, metamorphu, which means transfiguration. The translators thought that was too spicy of a word, so they made it into transformation. But it's about your flesh becoming like your spirit man so that it actually is filled with light. So your imagination is one way you can practically access this place. So what happens when you're little is the devil tries to come and shut this down, right? Nightmares, all this crazy stuff. I'll tell you a crazy encounter I had. This is crazy, I was 10 years old. I'm in bed, a bunk bed, my brother's on top. We both have brown felt blankets nice fuzzy brown felt blankets, and we're bumped up against the wall. I wake up in the middle of the night, and I look in the doorway, and there's someone standing there with a brown felt blanket, two eyes cut out, with light on the hallway. So I think it's my brother. I'm like, oh, this is really stupid, like, whatever. I go to get out. He's in his bed. I'm in my bed. He has his blanket. I have my blanket. Those are the only two brown felt blankets in the house. Now we have a third over there. We got ghosts in the machine or something over in the, the hallway. So I look at the wall. I'm like, what should I do? I'm like, I'm going to rush this thing. I'm 10 years old. You can do all things when you're 10 years old, right? I'm going to run towards this thing. So I go to get out. And there's bars on my bunk, but I can't get out. I'm banging, blah, 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 blah. So I wake up the next morning. I'm like, oh, that was a crazy dream. Man, Ooh, felt so real. So I go to push out of my bed, my arms are in pain because when I look down, there's bruise marks in the shape of bars. So I tell my mom, she's not really sure what to do. I'm just like, I don't know what to do with this. (laughs) I'm like, I'm 10. I don't know what to do with this. You're the adult here. (laughs) But then what happened? All this stuff started to shut down. Fear. I don't want to see this stuff. Or it's like this, hey, mommy, daddy, I saw this thing, oh, that's just your imagination. What's that tell a child? There's no value in imagination. I guess it's just make-believe. So my daughter, when she was two and a half, we were living in Sacramento, actually, I was walking around the house, she says, hey, daddy, there's a red cat in the window in our window. And I look, I don't see any cat in the window. So I just say, hey, tell that cat to leave in Jesus' name and let me know what happens. I didn't say, oh, I can't see it, then it's not real. So she says, cat, get out of here in Jesus' name. I said, what happened? It left. Okay. Anytime you see any cat like that, you tell it what to do, right? She's like, yeah, high five, boom, she leaves. So two weeks later, I'm putting her down to sleep. I'm tiptoeing out of the room. She says, hey, Daddy, the cat's back, and it's talking about you. (laughs) I said, really? You know what to do. She says, cat, shut your mouth. Don't talk about my daddy and get out of my room, in Jesus' name. What happened, Eowyn? It left. What was I doing? I was putting value on Because children have much more heightened awareness. They haven't allowed adult likeness to shut down their child likeness. I mean, we're the adults of God. I'm sorry, the children of God. We're the children of God. Remember the kids are playing on Jesus. I mean, how do kids play? They're just like, hello, Jesus. We're so glad to be here with you in this religious time. Your teaching is so wonderful, and your illustration really moved me earlier. Thank you for that. They're poking, they're laughing, they're screaming, right? And the disciples are like, get these people out of here. Was Jesus like, you're right, this is crazy. He's like, no, I'm a fan of this. And if you're going to enter the kingdom, you're going to have to become like one of these Did you catch what he said? If you're going to enter the kingdom, I'm preparing a place where there are many rooms. You want to go higher? You're going to have to be like a child. Not childish. There are plenty of adults that are childish childlike. It means you're curious. There's an awe, there's a wonder. You want to explore, you want to discover, right? What's behind that door, dad? Oh, it's pretty cool. Check it out. There's a toy in here. Wow. And as you steward this, what happens, what I found is God starts opening other doors. Hey, check this out. Because he can trust, right? John was like this. The disciple? He was the son of thunder before, right? Kill those people. Fire. And then all of a sudden, he's this calm guy who leans on Jesus's breast. He's the only one that's there when Jesus is crucified. And there's such a level of love and trust. He says, I'll actually trust you with so much revelation you'll write a book about it. And he just begins to write. And how did it start? Hey, John come up here. Yeah, come on up. Okay, so let's unpack that. Wasn't his spirit man already up? If we're seated with Christ, Ephesians 2.6, wasn't he already technically up there? Yet Jesus says, come up. So maybe the rest of us can go up as well. There's a lot of possibility. There's a lot of stuff, and there's a lot of solutions on this earth that are needed. And it's gonna demand that people come up a little bit. Let's go a little higher. Use your imagination. Here's what I do. I'm gonna talk really practically how I do this. Is that okay? So I like to meditate on scripture. Every scripture is, literally has an encounter in it. Right? An encounter with the word, Jesus. So some people are like, I'm going to do the one year Bible. Do you remember anything? Not really, but I read 14 chapters today. It's like, great. How about you take one verse for 30 days and just chew on it? You'll get out. Way more than the year Bible. So it's like a cow. you ever seen a cow when they're chewing grass? Their eyes glaze over, and they kind of lean on something, just like, (laughs) going into my third stomach. That's really the language of meditation. You're muttering. You're going over and over and over and over and over and over. So I started reading about the sea of glass in the heavens that we have access to, right? It's not future, we're there. I said, Lord, what's that look like? Sea of glass, wow, there's fire in the glass. Your throne is there, there's lightning, there's thunder, a lot of activity, that's interesting. Why is there thunder, why is there lightning? I ask lots of questions, Childlikeness." My children ask lots of questions. Why is the sky blue, Daddy? Why is it blue? Why is that cloud white? That one's dark. Holy Spirit, can you help teach them? I'm getting a little frustrated here. You're the teacher, Holy Spirit. (laughs) Speak to them now. So I just ask lots of questions. And I start chewing on it. I think about the verses throughout the day. I'm just thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. And then when I put my children to bed, it's really dark. It's really calm. And I just go in and I start to pray in tongues. I put my hands on my belly. This is where the li- living waters come out of your belly, right? Living rivers. Ooh, let's talk about that. Hello, other dimension. Or do you have little rivers coming out? That'd be a little messy. It's a different dimension. There are living rivers that come out of your belly. Otherwise, you're going to be wet a lot of times. So I put my hands here and I begin to pray in tongues, and I just start thinking about the verse, and I use my imagination and say, "God, what's it look like?" Boom! I start to see something. What will happen is your brain goes, "This not real. This is not real." Uh, 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 uh. This is real, Brian. This is real. Not really. It's just particle, and it's also wave, and it's also holographic. So it's not that real. But the brain's like, this is real, this is real. That's not real, this is real. It's just as real. So Father, what's that look like? So all of a sudden I see a sea of glass and there's fire going through it. Then I see in the air, massive angels and I become terrified in the real sense of the word. So I said, God, can't do it. A little overwhelmed here. So I start to pray again. I said, God, why am I afraid? Like what? Because you have a lot of insecurities in there. And when you got there, it started to trigger all this stuff. So let's work on that. It's the healing of the heart. The most endangered species on the planet is a healed father. I'm sorry if this offends you. It offended me about a week ago when it started. But when the presence of God starts to come on me, my body starts to vibrate. So if you're offended, yeah, I was there too. But the Lord highlights things, and He's highlighting this right now. Our hearts need to be healed. There's been a lot of trauma that some of us have faced and all the issues of life flow from the heart. Every issue flows from the heart. So if your heart is tired, every relationship is tiring, your work is tiring, church is tiring, everything you put your hands to is tiring because it all flows from the heart. It's the wellspring of life. It's where we actually see the eyes of our heart. It's gonna be clouded when there's this hurt and wounds. So it's Father, bring me in. So then I said, God, what does my heart look like? All of a sudden I see my heart and there's barbed wire and rebar coming out. I'm like, oh that's not, not good. <laughs> I said, Father, what what is this? He says, it's trauma, son. I said, Well, what do I do? He says, There's nothing you can do. You can only come back to me. I'm the only one who can take it out. Okay? So I talk to the father a lot on a bench. There's a big tree, there's a river, and there's grass. It's called Eden. It still exists. Russian dolls. So I talk to him. I go to the bench and I say, Father, take this out. This is happening every night for a week and a half. After it hits 10 days, he starts to take out a piece of rebar. I physically feel it coming out of my body. My body goes this. I'm like, oh, this is actually really real. Because up to that point, my brain was still like, I'm mm, not sure. But the more I was going to the father, and he was softening my heart, because that's a hardened heart is what that is. Calluses, shells, protection mechanisms. And as that stuff was starting to come down, then the awareness starts, oh, wait, this is real. So then I go back, Jesus, I want to go back to the sea of glass. So then I'm walking, there's fire on the glass, the sea, massive angels with enormous wings. There was so much activity I can't even put words to it. I cannot describe it. And all of a sudden, the terror was not there. So I kept walking closer. Because the throne of God is there. There's seven things flying around. You can read this in revelation. They're called the seven spirits of God. So they're flying around. It's the spirit of understanding, the spirit of might, the spirit of the fear of the Lord. That's the one that locked eyes with me, and I have freaked out before. Because there is a fear of the Lord there's grace and there's the fear of the Lord too. They're not competing. They're entwined. So I was able to walk. Okay, Father. All the way to the throne. And that's all I'll tell you. There was more, but the Lord said stop there. So I'm stopping there. I'm just trying to paint a picture of how practical this is. By using your imagination, it is good, your imagination. Last time I checked when God made you, he said, very good. Everything else was, that's good. Good. Plants, you are good. He makes you and he says, very good. Very good. So meditating on scripture, using your imaginations to enter in to that. So I want to pray something for you guys. I unpacked a lot of stuff. I think that's enough.